And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Side of the Trent as we draw ever closer to the break for that World Cup. I'm your host, Reece Lane, for this one as far as claimed the late point with a 96-minute equaliser as we drew 2-2 with XGFC, also known as Brentford. Christian is still away in the US for this one, looking for Eric Lehigh to replace Nico Williams, if rumours are to be believed. So I'm joined on this one by Adam Wicklow, our very own Peter Walton, Lee Clark. And long time, slept on it for its contributor, but for the first time on the pod, Rod Nettle filling in for Christian. How are we, guys? We all right? Tremendous. Oh, Although I don't God. look half as bad as Lee does on this Zoom call. <laughs> Fuck you, mate. That's yeah. the after-effects after of an Andre Mariner masterclass, I'd say. So let's get straight on with it then, with the game yesterday. I'm going to start with you, Rob. Put you straight on the spot. Three changes, um, Dennis, Nico Williams and Johnson in for Lodi, Lingard and Awanyi. Were they the right changes for you, seeing that Awanyi has scored in each of his three starts at home? When I saw the team before kickoff, I didn't think Awanyi had done anything to deserve to be dropped. Like you say, three starts at home, three goals. Um, but then as the game was playing out, I thought we got more out of Gibbs-White playing the system we did without Awanyi as a striker. Um, that gives why that was the best game I've seen him play yesterday. Uh, dropping in as a ten, and the other two, Johnson and Dennis, they were brilliant as well. So, um, we just I think we've got to find a way eventually where we can get a one year and Gibbs White in the same team, both in the middle of the middle of the pitch. But obviously, at the moment, because we're shipping goals for fun, we've got to keep it a bit tighter. But yeah, um, strange selection, but. Near enough worked out, but I'm sure we'll come on to why it didn't work out. Yeah, we will. I mean, I can't, I don't think we'll have another game this season where we'll have as many talking points as yesterday because there was so many. So let's bring in our resident ref in then, Lee. 
Sorry to ask you all of these, but I do always feel you can give more of an insight from a ref's perspective. You know, we as fans love to hammer referees, don't we? So at least I think you give a more of um, an unbiased perspective. So the first of four penalty claims was after 13 minutes. Emmanuel Dennis falling in the area. He himself took his gripe to Instagram, not happy with that decision. Do you think he had a point for that one? Um, Yeah, he did. Um, What doesn't help him with that one is... I mean, at any level, I always think you've got to be able to sell a penalty. And if a player goes down in three stages, um, it's always going to be tricky. That is the only one of the afternoon that I actually had sympathy with the referee for. Um, I think that was that would have been very soft. Um, it would have been one of those where if you give that, you've kind of got to give... You're probably going to have to give five a game because there was contact and it was a bit clumsy from the defender. Um but like I say, I do have sympathy with that one because it, you know if it goes down straight away, it would be a, probably an easy one. Um, but I just, I just think with it, with it all, the the refereeing now, it's it, they don't want to give anything. They just want the some referees and him yesterday in particular. He just wanted the VAR to do everything for him. Mm, and great. what the referees need to realise is if they hit the whistle and give something, surely it's all about giving the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team. So, right, I think that might be a foul. I'm going to give the penalty. Then it can be checked. Then we can have a look. By not giving it, the, the VAR is just going to go, oh, yeah, fair enough, we'll stick with you. Um, yeah, so, like I say, that's the only one I did have a bit of sympathy with him for because purely because Dennis goes down in like three different stages. I think as well, what wouldn't have helped Dennis in that situation was he was literally slipping over all afternoon. So he's kind mm. of um, got to the side of the player anti and then he's as if he's like stumbled and can't regain his balance I mean I don't know what footwear he had on yesterday but didn't seem to be working for him and um, then he's gone down and yeah when I mean for me there's some people saying it match of the day said it was a dive I don't think it was a dive but I also think it would have been soft as you said Lee to give that um, with how he went down etc but 20 minutes in though Adam we did get the breakthrough uh, Morgan Gibbs White's first goal in the Forest shirt with a slight aid of a deflection, sent it round Raya right into the corner. Strange one, really, because a lot of fans thought Dennis was offside. I mean, I didn't even end up celebrating and was that convinced Dennis was offside. But I mean, I think Brentford pretty much stopped, didn't they, to allow him to get the ball. But lovely feet from Gibbs White to make the shooting chance. What did you make of the performance, Adam? As for me, as also Rob said, I thought that was his best game yesterday for Forest Gibbs White. I thought he was tremendous, mate. Um, best player on the pitch. He was just picking the ball up in so many positions where Brentford players must be scratching their head off, going, "Where the hell is he playing?" Because he was dropping in deep. He was coming in. He was going in long. He he was picking up the second ball all the time, and he and he got his flicks and tricks right yesterday, where he would like nip it around a player and 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 would be away. I mean, he let he he gave Johnson a couple of chances early on to get shots away. And I think it was about time he had a go himself, sort of thing. He could have had he could have had a couple, to be honest. There was a few times where he cut in and hit one on left foot, and it went straight down Raya's throat. But yeah, that was his best performance by a long way. But I, I'm in agreement with you. I thought Dennis was about a mile offside coming coming back. <laughs> it was a bit lazy, in 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 all honesty, if you if you want to call it that. But maybe a little bit fortunate. I, I don't really know. But if the if the VAR steps in, he's obviously onside still. So. So fair play and fair play for Gibbs White for continuing and, and taking his chance. And hopefully that like 
now gives him the the belief that he can go on and and contribute even more for us. But yeah, by far his his best performance. The second half was tough for him, but, but that's because I think a lot of the time we we lost the midfield battle in the second half, and I'm sure we'll come on to it. But that's what kind of where he didn't affect the game so much in the second half. But yeah, good good to see him get off the mark. Yeah, good. He's got a few assists and from set pieces, so it was nice to see him get his first goal yesterday. He's clearly a talented player. You can see that in, you know, his movement and his his on the ball skills. But you know, obviously, stepped up a level from last season. So it is, and he is still young. So it is going to take time. But I'm sure over time he will get better um, mm. under Steve Cooper's coaching as well. Going to come back to you now, Liam. Afraid again. <laughs> So just after the half an hour, Ryan Yates is pushed over. VAR decides it wasn't in the box, but Andre Mariner does inform Yates that it was a foul, but yet he didn't blow it for. So, I mean, that proves your point from your first comment that the ref just seemed to rely on everything for VAR instead of giving decisions and then letting it go to VAR. I mean, I saw it back on Match of the Day last night. I struggled to find a video of it on Twitter, but... Genus didn't think any of them were pens. They kind of glossed over them, which was a bit disappointing, but that's your big club bias, isn't it? I mean, would you say he's got, for first, really, would you say he's got a case of for that being in the box? I mean, what did you make of it as a whole, really? Well, like I said, I mean, he thinks it's a foul, but he didn't give a foul. I mean, why? <laughs> what, what? I mean, what is happening to the game? I that's mean, just mental. It's absolutely, I think it's a foul, but I'm not going to give it. And then because it's outside of the box, we can't have the foul. So what if Brentford go and score from that situation? It was a foul, but I didn't give it because it's outside the box. What? That doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Um, oh, I, I just don't I don't get it. I think VAR is absolutely shite. Just bin it. Um, a Sheffield United fan warned me when we went into the Premier League, it'll ruin the experience. Yesterday was the first time where, you know me, I try and give sympathy to the officials and look at the you know, the thought process behind them giving stuff. But to actually say, I think it's a foul, but it's outside the box. What? So it's a foul, but I didn't give it. If he gives it, it can be checked and we can have a look. Is it in or is it out? So at least, at the very least, we'd get a free kick. Um, I just don't get it. I find it absolutely bizarre. And if Jermaine Genus doesn't think any of them four are penalties, he needs to stick to the one show. Um, (laughs) It's just, I mean, come on. I mean, can you imagine if, if, say, Man City had had those four decisions or Arsenal or Man United, match of the day would be waxing lyrical. Every referee should be sacked. Uh, it's a disgrace. Big clubs are getting shafted. I mean, I expected better from Genus being the next red, but I mean, I just, I'm speechless with it. I just don't get it. I think it's a foul, but I didn't give it. Can you, can you imagine me on a game this afternoon? I thought that was a foul, but I just chose not to give it. I, I struggled to get back to my car. It's like <laughs> the, the the thing for the thing for me the thing for me is um this they're saying it's not inside the box you are the other side of the ground Yates is Yates's left leg is in the box he's on the he's yeah. on the line if anything and if it's on the line that's a penalty isn't it if if you're yeah. if, if I'm correct the, yeah the, the, prob- the, the yeah the line is considered in the box so yeah to, to, mean... to, to give to give Gina sympathy I thought he was being sarcastic in terms of like because Cooper says if one of them's a penalty he has to give all four. yeah he, he did agree with that to be fair so to I him. think Genius was saying well that I think he was sarcastically saying well then the, all these are dives then obviously because one of them gets gi- the one gets given I think mm, that's what right. he was coming across and I think it's been mm. taken a bit out of context to right, give, okay. to give Genius a bit of sympathy there yeah I think yeah because okay I'll, mean, I'll, I'll retract my one show comment then I do apologize <laughs> I mean for, for like 
Gary Lineker to say Dennis was, was a dive. It wasn't a dive, was it? It was just he stumbled, he's, he's probably slipped. I wouldn't say it was a clean, clear and obvious dive, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think, there's, a, I think there's a difference between a, yeah, I mean, football is a contact sport, it can be what a lot of people at any level struggle to comprehend is some people will see a contact in the box and think, mm. oh, that's a foul. It doesn't always have to be a foul, but at no. the same time, it doesn't always have to be a dive as well. Yeah, so I mean, a dive... A strong challenge as such. Yeah, a dive to me is completely no contact at all. If you feel a bit of contact to go down, that isn't a dive. I'd say that's more soft. Mm. Um, I think the annoying thing was, from the match of the day analysis, was that they described Kevin De Bruyne's penalty as clever when he got minimal contact on his and spun round and went down. Um, I mean, the angle what's being shown on Twitter doesn't really show a lot of contact. The more the contact comes from the angle behind. Um, but they, they said that was clever, yet Forrest got contact on our players and ours wasn't penalties. So, you know, they talk about inconsistency, yet the views as pundits aren't inconsistent. But, um, yeah, OK. <laughs> Moving on again to another... Um, yeah, and I'm sticking with you, Lee. So for, I think it's fair to say I think we'll all agree we were as comfortable um, first half. Brentford didn't have a shot on target, and then strange pass from Remo Froiler. Um, Nico Williams is caught unexpected, and then Buemo nicks in front of him, plays the ball over the top for Visser, who gets away from Cook too easily. I mean, as well, the analysis on match today showed that Cook should have come for a pass, so Froiler could have given him an easy pass, and that's. Wise made that silly pass, which is unlike him, really. Um, this is stumbles around Anderson. I described it as before going down, and the ball runs out. I mean, there's absolutely no appeal from this at all. He just lies on the floor, looks up, he doesn't go bonkers or anything like that. But it goes to VAR, and the pen is given. I mean, what did you make of that decision? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's, it's probably one of the worst I've ever seen. I think it's awful. Um, like I've just said, there can be contact and it not be a foul. I think, if anything, I think Henderson actually gets a thumb on the ball. Um, <laughs> on the flip side, I do understand that by winning the ball, it doesn't necessarily mean it can't be a foul, but where's he supposed to put his hand after he's won the ball? I mean, I I personally didn't think... Henderson does brush it. I think his thumb brushes his shin. That that no. contact doesn't make him go down. No. It's it's not a foul. It's, it's And then... <laughs> the most frustrating part is you think, right, if that's a foul then, let's just hope it's consistent. That's all you can ask for mm-hmm. from the officials, that they're consistent. Yeah. Um, but they weren't. I mean, you're going to come on to it in a bit, but the, the one on Gibbs White in the second half is an absolute disgrace. To, to give that on en- from Henderson and then not give that one for Gibbs White is just... <sighs> I, I just don't get it. I, I, I'm just flabbergasted by it all. I just think it's a disgrace. And it, do you know what? I mean... We said yesterday at the game, you kind of expect it when you play United, Liverpool, Arsenal. They're going to look after the big teams. Yesterday we played Brentford. Why is Lee Mason sending Andre Mariner over to look at that? I mean, mm. two looks, I could clearly see that he does get a bit of the ball. And if he doesn't get any of the ball, he doesn't really get much of the player. Let's just play on. No one wants it on the pitch. And instead, we've got five minutes. He goes over, has a look, and then somehow decides. I just thought, from Mariner's perspective yesterday, I just thought... He couldn't think of anywhere worse he'd rather be. He just couldn't be arsed, I didn't think. It was a it was an arrogant performance, I thought, from a referee who probably thinks he's better than he is and he should be getting bigger games than Forest v. Bamford. Uh, super Dre, as he's uh, known in t- Yeah. <laughs> 
And for those who used to listen to Peter Crouch podcast, um, I think that's his number plate. Is that his number plate? Is it? Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I think it was Alan Biggs and maybe Alex Crook on um, Twitter who was saying Lee Mason was basically become a busybody in that situation, anti and. And th- this is the problem with VAR. I mean, I-, I at the start thought VAR would be a good tool because it could clear up some clear and obvious errors. Yet, you know, they made every shit decision like it's got to be a decision either way. Whereas, you know, and it's just made an absolute mockery, really, of the game. The referees are suffering from it. And it's just, you know, it's just been an absolute disaster, really. Um, I, still, I still maintain that both clubs on a match day should get two... Two reviews, a little bit like cricket. Um, the manager has one, and the captain has one on the field. And if you get the, if you review something and you get it right, you get to keep it. If you get it wrong, then you lose it, like they're doing cricket. Because the 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 whole match day experience is just, it's absolutely yeah. shit now. Everything and everything's getting checked. It's just, it, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. It, it ruins it, and it's, it's like yesterday we celebrated a ninety-six minute equaliser. And the lad who sits with me and Rob said, I won't get too happy yet. Something will be checked. And he's right. It's, mm, yeah. I you've mean, got it. the euphoria of scoring a 96 minute equaliser. And then he's got his finger to his ear. And it's almost, I can just imagine him saying, Come on, Lee, find us something. Let's have a Brentford yeah. win. It's, it's, I, it's just ridiculous. I think after my celebrations, after that goal, I think I'd have walked out to the disallowed that. But um, as, as well, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, I mean, Henderson was obviously aggrieved after that decision and then was ranting and raving for quite a while and then like booted the ball out of the net as well, which pretty much swerved it around the Brentford player. Was was he a little bit lucky that he probably could have got himself sent off there in the end? He, he probably could have done. I mean, given the busy nature of the officials yesterday, I suppose it's a, bit, a little bit surprising he didn't just, you know, whip a second yellow card up his nose. But mm. I think... <laughs> It's interesting because I think if something like that happens and the ref chooses not to do it, I think he probably knows in his head. I I, I just don't get it. I, I can't even... I'm speechless with it all. I just can't even... He's busy to the point where he's giving a penalty like that, but Henderson clearly boots the ball away right in front of the ref and he just thinks, oh, I'm not bothered doing that. Mm. Like I don't I say, think he'd have dared. It's a lazy, crap. arrogant performance that, mm. you know, probably suggested why he's not getting big games in the Premier League anymore, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, going back to the pen, unfortunately, um, we didn't have their main penalty taker. Well, fortunately for us, they didn't have their main penalty taker playing in Ivan Tony, but in Buemo, it was a good penalty. Um, gave Anderson the eyes and sent him the wrong way, really. But, you know, fair to say, though, Rob, for me, that did change the game. I thought, I thought the atmosphere then became more frustrated on the ref than the team, which happens naturally when a big decisions were made. And Brentford second half, I thought, got a foothold in the game. And 15 minutes from time, I feared that we'd be staring down the barrel of another defeat. You know, it was a clip ball over the top of our two defenders. I mean, that's something really you'd see in Sunday league. Um, it was a good pass. I think it was from Jensen. It was a good pass. But for both centre-backs to be completely static and Visser to run through them both was very Sunday league. But it is a good run, to be fair to him. And it is quite a good finish. I mean... It just left Henderson really in no man's land, to be honest. Um, and annoyingly, they scored with their only two shots on target yesterday. But, I mean, that was far too easy, wasn't it, from our perspective? Yeah, I mean, 
the some of the goals we've conceded this season, like you say, if you conceded them on a Sunday morning on the park, you'd be you wouldn't be happy with yourself. Um but the the ball for the second goal is identical to the ball that led to their penalty. It is literally it just one click in and everyone yeah. stood still, not anticipating mm. anything, and they're in. Um yeah. which is it's usually frustrating because we're dropping points massively at home. And with how close the league is and how inconsistent the bottom ten teams are in it, a couple of these draws that could have been wins and, and against Bournemouth and Fulham, for instance, we'd be sat comfortably mid table. Yeah, um, I mean, go on, mate. Sorry, go on. No, as I say, but the ball from Jensen—it's a quality ball, first time play through. But like, no one's anticipated it. The centre halves are playing like they got the feet nailed to the floor again, and. <laughs> He just nips in and nips it over Henderson. And like you say, you think, oh, here we go again, we'll lose it. We're totally here, we're losing at home again, and that's it. I think that's that's what's caused, you know, the problem this season is these home games have dropped points. And, you know, you look at the Fulham and the Bournemouth, the Bournemouth one especially, and yesterday, you know, and Wolves away as well, where we should have got a point, you know, that missed penalty. If you add, you know, say we <laughs> say we draw against Fulham, beat Bournemouth, win yesterday, and draw at Wolves. That's another seven points, and that gets you halfway up the league, like you said. And all this, you know, we're coming along nicely. You know, instead we're bottom of the league, and that's the fine margins, as a former manager would say in this league. And that, you know, you know, in hindsight, is really what will send you down. But you know, it, it was a <laughs> it was a grandstand finish. So Adam, six minutes of had a time, and in the diving dying embers, I mean, absolute pinball in Brentford's box. Gibbs White shoots, he's cleared off the line by Ben May, but hits Zanku. I mean, he knows absolutely nothing about it. I mean, it's very, it's quite unfortunate from their perspective to be honest. And it just goes over the line, really. Um, probably one of the worst goals you'll see, but by hook or crook, they all can. You know, as I've said, then fine margins, the former manager used to say. I mean, did it give you a form of solace that we didn't collapse after Brentford went ahead? Um, you know, we have in a few games, haven't we, just completely capitulated and actually, you know, we did fight until the end and grinded out a result of some sort. Yeah, it was nice to see that we huffed and we puffed and we eventually blew their house down by one means of a way or another. But I, I thought... We it was more than we it was more than we deserved for the first half performance. But my my gripe with with the team is we didn't use the poor decision whether you look at it what whether it was bad or not as a motivation to push on. I mean, we completely went into our shells. Uh, Steve Cook and Scott McKenna decided that they were too afraid to pass that ball into midfield second half, and that's what killed us because. Brentford really smelt blood then in, in 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 all honesty, even though they didn't really pepper the goal too much. That's what something that was frustrating. Like Froyler stopped getting on the ball, Gibbs White stopped getting on the ball. But I thought the introduction of of Lewis O'Brien yesterday was was good because I thought he injected a bit of energy and Lingard obviously occupied a bit more of a of a threat. I mean, before we score, how does Tyro Wundy not make it 2-2? I mean, yeah. me and my mate said every single striker in this league scores that that is a sitter amongst mm, sitters and even my other mate who was sat in Trent and said his mate Colby Bishop at Portsmouth scores that and he plays league one that is mm. shit for an 18 million pound striker that is shit and oh <laughs> but at least at least at least we got summer I mean I'd have been fuming if if Yates got given offside bearing in mind he didn't touch the ball whatsoever I know he's beyond the goalkeeper or anything and he 
Martin's fear of play, but these days you have to touch the ball to actually to to do anything. I don't get offside anymore anyway. But no, we deserved it. It was good to see it. It the limbs almost got taken away, obviously by the VAR check. <laughs> I know, I know, we was in the same stand, so it was. Um, yeah, I was kind of a bit nervous to be honest, but no, it was it was good. Hopefully that hopefully that gives us a bit more of a push. But next week is obviously an even bigger game than than we already know it was. Yeah, I mean, you know, I get your point. Obviously, like you say, it is a bit strong saying shit, but it is, isn't it, really? He should he should be burying that. What was it? Eight yards out, three out in the middle of the goal. It, it, he didn't need to get... He got like a full head yeah, on it. He, he didn't even to, need to yeah, get that. Just glance, it, shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. The, the, Nico Williams' ball is is tremendous. Mm. It's a tremendous yeah. cross. I thought Nico mm. Williams was decent left left back, to be fair. He, he kept... <laughs> He kept uh, Mbwemo fairly quiet and Keane Lewis-Potter went off without a whimper, really, against mm. Sergiori. We, we we played really well against Brentford. I thought, to say how good they are, they are a good pass inside, you've got to admit that. I thought we kept them at bay largely. It's just like these little, little crap mistakes. And as you say, the fine margins that are killing us. And that is something mm. that is keeping us away from progressing. But hopefully we, we, we look at that. I mean... For me yesterday, Steve Cook was absolutely garbage yesterday. I thought mm. Joe Worrell more than can warrant his place potentially back in the side for me um, because he can play he can play through the thirds, but it's the pace issue. This is where we open Nia Kate comes back after the World Cup. Well, I mean, apparently Nia Kate's still on crutches, so I mean that doesn't well, he's, block. He's, well, he's got about doesn't... a month now, hasn't he? Really? Mm, yeah, yeah, that is true. I mean, the second half of the season, this is where we've got to we've got to be on the right end of these fine margins rather than the wrong end because if we continue to be on the wrong ends, then, you know, the only destination is back to the championship because, you know, we're just dropping too many points. And I get what you're saying, Adam, about, you know, Brentford, decent passing side, but they were poor yesterday and we should beat them. And you've got, you've got to be beating them, really. I know, obviously, the referees took a bit of centre stage, but you've got to do enough to beat them yesterday and we didn't. And that's... You know, you're coming out of the ground, the euphoria, you've, you've scored in the last minute to get a point. But when, you know, you've calmed down, really, you're thinking that's two points dropped. Oh, absolutely. So, I, I agree. I agree. You know, just to round off the Brentford game before we, we go through you slept on it for, it's going to quickly ask um, you all a question each on some player performances yesterday. It's funny you should mention Nico Williams, Adam, because I'm coming on to him. So, so, Lee, I'm going to start with you. You know, wing-backs last season were very crucial in Cooper's system. Um, it's fair to say Serge Aure has now made that right-back position his own at the moment. He's started five of the um, last six games. Wolf's the only one he missed due to injury. I think he's been really solid, personally. Like Adam's just said, I mean, I didn't even realise Keane Lewis Potter was playing yesterday. He um, gobbled him up, really, as he has done quite a lot of. Um, players, you know, also Nico Williams at left back. You know, I know Christian's been critical of him on this pod, but I thought he's looked back to what he did at the start of the season um, at left, at right back, but at left back in these last two games. I mean, what have you made of them two recently? Start with Aurier. Yeah, I mean, Aurier's been fantastic. He's probably, I mean, I saw something the other day that said we've signed all these players and not one of them's made me go, wow. I mean, we always have a little laugh on this pod, don't we? At some of the overreactions on Twitter and Facebook and that. Um, but I think Gorier is actually what to say he plays right back. Um, I think he's actually one that you look at and you think, how on earth did we get him for free? Um, mm. I mean, there seems to be an obsession with 
players like, oh, he's definitely not a Cooper signing. Well, who gives? Who honestly gives a shit? It's modern day football. If if the owner's son has decided that he wants to bring Serge Aurier to the football club, who are we to tell him that he can't? I think I, I'm very kind of open minded with too much is made of. Oh, the recruitment should be like this, and we should look at stats, and we should do this, and it's like, well, hold on a minute. It's their football club. I've said on this pod before that it's their football club. They do what they want with it. If they want to bring Koyate in and they want to bring Serge Aurier in, then fair enough. They're free transfers. They've played in the Premier League. And I think certainly Aurier has been absolutely fantastic. He's been... He, I can't believe how good he's in the air. He, he mm. must win... He must have won 10 headers yesterday. Um, and like you say, Lewis Potter, he barely touched the ball, did he? When his number came up, I was a bit like... Oh, <laughs> he, was, he was playing, was he? Um but yeah, I mean, I actually think Nico Williams looks better at left back than he does at right back. Um, mm. Bizarrely, um, so yeah, I mean, that's certainly with with our left back situation kind of rearing its ugly head again. We can't seem to get a fit one. Um, I think those two at the minute would be the guys in possession of the shirts. Shirts, I think. It just shows you that um, golfing quality into that. You know, Aurier was deemed as like cannon fodder by Tottenham, who. You know, you look at Tottenham's right backs now, but you know, we all know about Spence, but Doherty and Royale aren't amazing yet. You know, Ore's come to us on a free, and that's the, the golfing quality, really, of getting up the table from, you know, teams don't think he's good enough, but for us, he's been really good. So, yeah, I, I've liked Ore. I think he's been very solid. Um, I've not really seen anyone like give him a torrid time on that side, to be honest. Um, so long may that continue. But, um, Rob, again, you know, we're starting, I think it's fair to see now, which at this stage we should do, there's players in that side who Cooper's pretty much relying on and are in the spine of the side, really. And two of those is the centre-back partnership of choice, which, you know, is now Cook and McKenna. I think that's been like it for quite a few games now. You know, is there still question marks about them individually at this level? And as a pair, do you think it's worked over, Rob? Because I thought it started well. You know, um, I think when we when we went back to basics on this little run, I thought they was good. But the last two games, I mean, have been really concerning. Um, I mean, what would you like to see happen at the back, really? Yeah, it's like you say, when we changed the system to the four across the back rather than the three centre-halves, it looked a bit more solid, weirdly. But I don't know if that was because they had more protection in front of them from the three midfielders. Mm. Um, but it's just the, like you say, they look sometimes like the pain, they're running through treacle or the feet are nailed to the ground. Like they, just, they can't keep up with the pace. I don't know if any of the other centre halves that we've got at the club have got any more pace than any of them. Um, I think McKenna will look decent alongside a pacey centre half. Mm. Um, whether that's, I don't know, Bolly's got pace. Um, who's the other guy who signed? Loic Baddy, who I'm convinced don't mm. exist. I've. <laughs> I think he's yeah. the next Kevin Gomez. There'll be a, a stupid Twitter account going around soon or something. But mm. um, obviously, well, Bianconi could have probably done a shift at centre half, but he's out for the rest of the season now. So mm. yeah, best of wishes to um, him. Yeah, but it's we've signed all these players. I think to line up in a three, three five two formation, and then obviously because of how things have changed, we're looking now like we've got centre halves that none of them can play in a two effectively, and we're going to ship a lot of goals because of it. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned this podcast before. I mean, you know, like I just said, best wishes to being Cody. You know, I don't like anybody's being ruled out for the whole season with um, a ligament injury. Um, but you know, being realistic, I mean, he's not really had a chance. It's a shame because he would have he would have sure played on Wednesday night against Tottenham and given him, you know, put himself in the shop window for a chance, really. But I think if them two aren't playing when we've been so poor defensively, that says to me that the manager just doesn't think they're good enough, personally. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I also said on the previous pod that I would have expected being Kone to go on loan in January and, and Barde is going to have his loan terminated, isn't he? Because isn't, what's the point of him just not even playing? It's just worthless to everybody. So, you know, I think, you know, Bolly and Warrell are getting on the bench, aren't they? Um, yeah. But I don't think either of them have got really a turn of pace. So, you know, it's it is an an interesting one, but like you say, I think McKenna would be okay with someone who has a turn of pace. But the only player we seem to have for that is Nia Carter. Nia Carter, excuse me, and he's um he's cropped at the minute. So, yeah. um, it generally wouldn't surprise me if we brought in a centre back in January if um Nia Carter's out for quite a while with a turn of pace. But it's easier said than done. Um, so exactly. yeah, we're we'll going to want to come to a team that's bottom at Premier. Well, that, well that's it. Yeah, was, you yeah, know, half decent. So yeah, that's it. So you know, moving on to you then, Adam. Another two players who've pretty solid in the side in terms of they usually start. Remo Froiler and Czech Duquiarte. Um, what have you made of them two? You know, start with Froiler. I thought yesterday, other than the mistake he made that led to the to the penalty shout. Obviously there's a few more things that factor into the to what happened uh from his poor pass. I thought he was largely very, very good yesterday. I thought he he and Matthias Jensen for Brentford were kind of like the playmakers for each side. And I thought it was kind of an interesting one to watch in that in that respect of a of a one V one battle there. But he just keeps things ticking over quite nicely. He wants the ball a lot, but again second half yesterday McKenna and Cook didn't want to get give it to him. First off, they wanted mm. to, they couldn't couldn't wait to give it to him. But yesterday didn't mm. seem to want to, unfortunately. But um 
No, he's he's ticking over nicely. I think we can see why why he's been bought in. He's he's obviously a very good player. I would like to see him with with Mangala and, and O'Brien when they're all fully fit together. I think that'll be an interesting trio because you've got a bit of everything there. But Czech Chiate, I think, has been has been good as well. I think apart from the City game and and the Leicester game where I thought he was looked like he was in no man's land largely. I thought he's he's been good. He's he's obviously a a seasoned professional at this level, playing over two hundred games or so for Crystal Palace, and and he's big and he's strong and he's athletic. He just seemed to run out of legs yesterday, didn't he? But no, he's been he's been steady. He he wins a lot of tackles. He wins a lot of second balls. But yesterday, just like I say, just ran out of legs, unfortunately. But he's been good for a free signing, you would say. Yeah, well, it's it's like Lee's just said. You know, we all want to sign, you know, players under twenty six with resale value, but you do need some experienced pros at this level. And you mm-hmm. know, like you just said, I think Aurier and Kiati on the whole have come in and added something. And um, yeah. you can't just have a team full of kids because you do need some know how of how to grind out results. As we've struggled, you know, this season of you know, grinding out results. And yesterday, I know over the face of the game, we would probably feel like we should have won the game. But, you know, 96th minute, we've actually grind out a point for once rather than we've just lost the game. So, yeah, hopefully that's something we can build upon. We've said that so many times, but, you know, you've got to... <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? So, but finally, guys, I'm going to get you all in on this one. So I'll open it to the floor. You know, Dennis and Johnson recalled yesterday. I mean, it's fair to say for me, I mean, Dennis channeled his inner amiobi, I thought, yesterday. I mean, one minute he looked really good. Next minute, you know, he looked like he was wearing slippers to try and control the ball and kept slipping over. And But when he when he does run at teams, he does look afraid. It's just his, his end product, really. Um and there was a couple of crosses as well, right? That back, you know, he put himself in there. And annoyingly, there was one at the end of the game when he'd been brought off, what had been hung up, perfect for someone at the back post. And no one was there, ironically, on that left side. But as well, I thought Brennan Johnson was more direct yesterday. I mean, he literally left Pinnock for dead at one point, second half. And I was like, that's what we want to see from him. Um, but as with his couple of chances, you know, that when he did leave Pinnock for dead, he, he just ballooned the cross, didn't he? So, um, and then his two chances were pretty comfortable saves for Raya, disappointing. I mean, what did you guys make of them two yesterday? I thought yesterday that was probably Brennan Johnson's most productive <coughs> game that he's had in the Premier League. He looked like mm. he, his old self where he was wanting to get the ball and drive forward with it. That's fair. Um, and like you say, the one in the second half where he just he squared the defender up and knocked it past him, that's what I've been wanting to see from all season. Unfortunately, mm. his end product from that after that was shocking because he, he bladdered it out for a throw in. Um, mm. Dennis is another one. Apart from wearing carpet slippers yesterday, uh, I thought when he got the ball, he looked like he wanted to just go forward with it, which is yeah. never a bad thing because it gets team up the pitch. Um, mm. And like I said, the front three as a whole yesterday seemed to work. Um. So yeah, positives there at least. What did you think, Lee? Um, yeah, I'd agree with what Rob's just said. To be honest, I think Johnson was a lot more effective. Um, I, I still want to see more from him. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm kind of throwing him under the bus or anything, but I still want to see more from him. He, he, he can still. It's almost. It's a bit like he's feeling a bit sorry for himself. Like he's finding it a bit tougher than he thought it would do in the Premier League, and I think he just needs to kind of strip his game back to basics and just what he's good at. I think people would have a lot, a lot more sympathy for him if he if he just got the ball and was brave and drove at defenders like we know he can do. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, as for Dennis, I think again I've got sympathy for him because he he's not playing a lot. So when he does come in, he's kind of he's taking twenty minutes, thirty minutes to kind of get up to speed. I mean, what he was wearing on his feet yesterday, I have no idea. Clogs. I think. Suggestions. I wondered if he was going straight to the ice arena afterwards and got his <laughs> skates on. Um, mm. But yeah, I think uh, that was a good analogy that you used about Amiobi. He had moments of brilliance, but I think there was a period <laughs> in the first half where he had no one near him, and he got the ball in a decent area, and he just he just fell over. <laughs> it's like it, I think it's one of them with with, with Dennis and even with Awani as well. I think because they're going to rotate a lot. I think there's, we're going to have to kind of accept that. I don't know. I, I'm not sure either of them will kind of get into the, the full stride. Um, so yeah, I think, like I say, I mean, I'd like to see more of Dennis. I think that the beauty of Dennis is he's he's happy playing through the middle or kind of out wide. Um, so yeah, I mean. It, it was a strange performance for him. Like you say, he did some good stuff, but he also did some absolutely tragic stuff. But it, just stuff like slipping over. Um, mm. But yeah, in, in terms of Johnson, I think he was, he was much more like his old self yesterday. What did you think, Adam? I think other than Johnson's finishing and and, and the, the one that Rob's mentioned about him blazing it over the bar, where typically most Forest players last season, especially Johnson and, and, and Spence, was were whipping that right across the box, penalty spot kind of general area. So it was a bit surprising that he's he's done that rather than keeping his head over the ball and, and getting it uh supplying supplying the ball in that way. I thought I thought he was really good. I I just want him to see him stand stand his full back up or center half up and just knock it into the space and run after it and do it ten times in a game if he if he has to because at some point he's gonna get some joy. And I think it, it it is it is tough out there because you get minimal opportunity to do that, especially when you're at the bottom of the league and, and you don't see much of the ball. But I just think that's something that's in his arsenal and 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 he and he can do. He's got the beating of of a lot of of players, and if they have to foul him, then then that's good for us because we're going to win the ball and we're going to have a dangerous set piece. I know we've not been amazing at him, but it's something, isn't it? But with Dennis, I think if his touch was a little bit better and 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 as everyone's. Uh, Made aware his footwear. He would. He got into some terrific um, spaces and, and positions to to have either a shot on goal or put someone in. But th- those little lapses just cost us a little bit, um, mm. unfortunately. And it's it's a real shame. But you can see he's, he's getting into the right positions. If he just puts some studs in his boots, then then it will be it'll be better after that. But. Mm. I th- we we do need to, I think as a team we do need to address this like goal scorer kind of situation. Though in my eyes, we don't really. And it you need to, you need everyone to chip in at the bottom. But it, it's a bit weird that we're not like normally like last season we were relying on like Johnson, Surridge, Keenan Davis, and then and the uh, grabbing obviously Grab, was fit. Yeah. We had like quite a few goal scorers this season. You kind of like well, where, where who's scoring the goals this season? I couldn't really tell you. You could even add like you know Zink and Organ gone to that Yates obviously yeah um, you know everyone you Colback even got three maybe three didn't he? I think three, three or four. four yeah yeah so. yeah QPR Preston Sheffield United West Brom so there's four straight yeah. away so and he was playing at left back so yeah I understand that you know um you know like like Rob said 
you know, Johnson was the Johnson I know and love yesterday, that where he, you know, he absolutely rinsed Pinnock. And I was like, oh, look at that. That's that's what I want from him. And then he just ballooned the cross like that for a throw. I was like, bloody hell. But, you know, like like Lee said, he's probably is feeling a little bit sorry for himself and that lack of confidence in the side. I think, I think you can clearly see a lack of confidence when, I think it was Rob again who made a point earlier when, we was playing some good stuff at 1-0, but once Brentford got a foothold back in the game, I think it was you as well, Adam, you know, like McKenna and Cup wouldn't give it to Froyler, and that, that, that kind of breaks down the whole like team of getting forward. And, you know, also with Dennis, I'm never, never going to, especially when we're in a relegation battle, never going to really criticise someone who looks to get on the ball and drive us forward like Dennis does. And when he is running acting, you think, you know, something can happen. It's just, again, that end product, um, which is the problem. So, you know, going to get some the famous slept on it forces they are now. Um, start with Yummy Bear. We need to be more clinical when chances come our way in this league, but Mariner and VAR can go fist themselves. There, one soft pen gifted to Brentford. Four to five soft pens not even looked at for Forest. <laughs> not going to repeat what I said after that. Bent C U N T S. You can. You, he did say I cannot read out the last bit, which is fair enough. Um, Jason, we didn't come out second half. Why don't we start with a striker? Um, I did agree with that, but I, like you said, I think it was you, Adam. I thought with Gibbs White did look good in that false nine yesterday, um, like a free roam. Two points dropped. Cooper too slow to change things to go win the game. They they got the goal. What a difference last eight minutes when we played with more strikers. Obviously brought Sawich on didn't he? So um, Johnny Antcliffe, <laughs> bordering on corruption, deserved free at least. We got one point. Starting to fall out of love with the Prem already, to be honest. Really not that arse if we go back down. I mean, I'm going to disagree with that. I want to stay in this league personally, but everyone's got the opinion. Um, that Garibaldi nerd, <laughs> another swear word, fucking robbed, but we stuck at it and got a point. Need a win versus Palace and need to convert those first-half chances. Um, Jerry Pritchard, need to see some things again. Was Yates outside area when pushed we've gone through that Penn looked very harsh from B block not sure what happened for their second but some Forest players were at fault no idea what happened for our second but it was given absolute pinball in that area um, a draw was the very least we deserved uh, Carl Booth we deserved more and have been robbed best league in the world with the shittest refereeing and shittest VAR give us a fucking chance um, our very own um, Christian um, good point in the context of the game, bad point in the context of the season. I think that's very fair. Can't keep letting poor sides off the hook, leave with points at home and throwing away leagues. Also fair. It's especially disappointing. Brentford didn't have Tony Ten still scored twice despite offering very little. That said, good character to get a point from behind and delighted Gibbs White open as far as he can. Finally, if Andre Mariner performed like that in an Italian league game, his bank accounts are being forensically analysed by the authorities for months. And then a swear word after that. Um, so, yeah, they are your... Oh, a couple more, sorry. Uh, Sam didn't see the game, which seems like robbery from the officials once again. And then Phil, Rob saw the penalty pen again at half-time. If that's one, we should have had one at one as well. Two straight balls again, costing us. Front three were much better, but can't understand not playing with a forward. VAR sucks the life out of the goal celebration. Imagine a meltdown if they're lost. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Um, but again, going to get you all on this one. But, you know, we we do play Spurs on Wednesday night in the Carabao Cup, the Jed Spence derby, could be known as. But, I mean, so all feel free to just 
put in your suggestions on this one because I'm just going to ask a few questions, really. I mean, first of all, would you go strong? I mean, if there is anyone, who would you like to be seen giving a go? And are you really asked if you do go out or do you just want to win no matter what and just breed some kind of winning mentality? And once you've said your comment, just give it, follow it up with a prediction, please. Start with yeah. you, Adam. Lee, go on. Yeah, I mean... I would like to go. I mean, I think it, even if we rotate our squad, I think it's going to be pretty strong still. I mean, if you look at the bench yesterday, if all those played, it it would be still quite a strong team. So, um, I'd personally give Warrell a game. I think he should come in. Um, I, I'm still a bit gobsmacked at what's happened there. I think to make him captain and then stick him on the bench for two or three months is just weird. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Steve Cook's a, a cracking pro and he's he's okay defensively, but. Has he done enough to warrant being included ahead of Warrell every game? I'm not. I'm not convinced, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see him play. I think he'll probably change the goalkeeper. I think NSC will probably play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd still go pretty strong. I don't. I don't think there's. I've seen a few things and bits and bobs on social media saying, "Oh, let's just play the kids." Well, you just mm. setting yourself up to get absolutely twatted, then, aren't you? Let's face it. Yeah, like Hewton did against Wolves. Didn't he? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't do that. I think I, I would rotate the squad, but I'd keep it pretty strong. Um, I'd maybe give Surridge a game, um, that sort of rotation. So, yeah, yeah I think um, it'll be an interesting one because now they're through in the Champions League as well. I'm, I know it comes at an awkward time near the World Cup, but I'm still not convinced Tottenham will play a completely strong team. Mm. Um Spence might even play, to be honest. He might get a... Yeah, I think he will. So, uh, good luck whoever's playing left-back, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, as a prediction, I think it might go to penalties, to be honest. I think I had a habit mm. on this pod last year of predicting penalties for every cup game. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, a 1-1 draw and, oh, let's be optimistic, we'll win on penalties. Road to Wembley starts again. Um, I think something what will be interesting. Spurs are really struggling for attacking options. I think Son and well, Sons as he fractured his cheekbone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kuliaski's injured. I think Richarlison's injured. So that only, you know, down the middle only really leaves Harry Kane. So I'd be interested to see if he, he starts or not. And what, what does make me laugh is these who do say, oh, play the kids. Well, Chris Uton did that and I went to that game that night and he got absolute pelters from the crowd. Um, despite playing the kids and the Wolves had a really good team out that night um, so it's all well and good saying playing the kids but then when we do lose there'll be an absolute meltdown if we do get thumped on um, social media um, what what do you think um, Adam? I think it'll be a rotated side I would I mean, I think this might be Lloyd Baddey's uh, first and only appearance and then yeah. Rob can finally say that it does exist but yeah I think it, I I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him make an appearance alongside Warrell or Bolly. Um, I do think Warrell could take this opportunity to to stake a claim because he, he can play through the thirds. This is what puzzles me with, with Cook. I mean, you can instruct Warrell to say, just edit and kick it because he can do that as well. And then when he gets the opportunity to play, it still baffles me, to be honest. And then I think fullbacks were kind of struggling in terms of if we wanted to rotate Aurier and, and Nico Williams. I, mean, I suppose Lodgie can come in mm. and then move Williams to right back and then and maybe well, give tough, him a half. And... Tough fellow if he's fit. Is he back, is he? And then um, I don't, I'm not sure, mate, to be honest. You know, weirdly, I'd like to actually see like Surridge and a Woodney play up top and just see what chaos it could cause, to be honest. Because, <laughs> um, like, I mean, like you've got the chaos of, of 
a one year and then like the prowess finishing of of Surridge, aren't you? To kind of like mm. finish it if, if it got knocked down to him, sort of thing. So that'd be an interesting combination. Um yeah, I'd I'd expect like Mangala, Lewis O'Brien to get minutes and and whoever else to be fair. I don't I've not really looked at our bench too like poignantly or anything. So yeah, I think it'll be like a rotation of first, and then I think you'll get a few kids on the bench. Yeah, like people like Dale yeah. Taylor and uh, yeah. Oliver Hammond, Hammond and that. Yeah, and that uh, they might just fill up the bench a little bit, give uh, give our key players a rest, like like Gibbs White and um, and Froiler and, and and such. Can I know I've seen Cafu still training with the first team. Can he play? I'm that, not sure. I'm not know. sure to be honest. Yeah, we can. I think in the cup. Oh yeah, get Cafu in. Yeah. Get get him yeah. in. I bet I've I seen he was training with the first team today, so I bet he will be on the bench. I do. Oh yeah, do, surprise me if he played. To be fair, I do think I think Colback's back in training as well. Yeah, so he's a, he's a, yeah he's another one. Uh, you know, like we spoke about experience earlier. I know some people have got a bit of a frown upon opinion of Jack Colback, but he was brilliant for his last season. And there is times when you need these type of players to see out games, you know, and it's clear to see at times we do need a bit more experience. I won't mind him so, like coming in here and there, mm, like left back. It's it's just been forgotten first. about, which is a shame because he was so good last season. And I think I think like if he if he came in at left back here and there, because you know he's gonna absolutely crunch a man at least. Mm. And he and he can play and he can play football. Like I'll yeah. just stick him in his natural position, mate. I mean oh, yeah. you, you, if you played a midfield three on Wednesday, it could be Colback as like the holder and then Mangala and O'Brien either side, which two out of the three of them, most people want to start in the Premier League. So it's not a bad midfield, is it? My, my, do, For, do you want to hear do you want to hear my controversial opinion? Colback is a better footballer than Yates, but Yates is just really big. Um, so plays. <laughs> I thought I was going to go through the old part of that. Mentioning Ryan Yates, that's why I didn't put him in the player performance. To be fair, he wasn't. Of... He wasn't good or bad yesterday. Mm. He was second half. He he was non-existent. He went, but that's because McKenna and Cook didn't want to pass the ball into midfield. So I can't really be criticised. I mean, the you, you compare his volley with what you saw from Yuri Tielemans yesterday. It's like chalk and cheese in it. Bloody like Tielemans yeah. straight top corner. Ryan Yates headed back down. Into the town centre. I'm j- I mean, it's just at the end. I've never known a player on social media to be praised, defended, and criticised more than Ryan Yates in the same. That's all. That's all in one sentence. It's a, it's a week. It's a weekly cycle, you know. And never newsletter. Both, you know, I'm probably in the middle of now. Of you know, I don't think Yates is as good as some make out, and I don't think he's as bad as some make out. You know, he does. I know what his strengths are um, for the side. But, you know, it's just an endless cycle of bickering if you're on, you know, really love him or you really loathe him. And it's like Marmite, isn't it? And, it? and it's wind each other up. And it's like every single week, and there's a weekly athletic article. I think Radio Nottingham took the mantle this week of posting out an article. And oh, it's very, um, very boring, I think I'd say. The thing Go that on, winds mate. me up with the eighth argument, I agree with everything you've just said there, Reese, to be honest. I don't think he's as bad as some make out. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as some make out. But it's like every time he does something amazing, you have to rewrite history. Mm. Oh, you were wrong about him. Well, no, he's just doing. Mm. He's just improved. He's just done something good now. Why do we have to rewrite history and say, "Oh, actually, I was wrong about him"? I wasn't wrong about him because for seventy games, I thought he was absolutely awful, and then he did get better last season. He was really good last season. But I don't have to turn around and say, "Oh, yeah, I was wrong about him." I wasn't wrong about him. He just improved. I, mm. I just don't understand the. And it's like people can't praise someone. Oh, yeah, but if Yates did that. 
well, yeah, if Yates did it, he'd get criticised because that's what football's about. That's what sport's about. If someone does something that's open to critique, then they'll get critiqued. It doesn't matter if they're born in West Bridgeford or if they're born in Switzerland. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if they do something <laughs> wrong, they, they will get critiqued accordingly. Uh, that's my little Yates rant. I'm just hoping with we just gloss over Ryan for one podcast, but finishes off then, Rob. Um, what what do you think, mate, of the Spurs game? Um, I, it's I think we're going to rotate, but I don't want to you know wholesale change. I don't want to change mm. nine of the starting eleven or anything stupid like mm. that. Uh, I think it's a good chance to give some players that are coming back from injuries a run out. So <laughs> O'Brien, Mangala, um, I want yeah. my Warrell getting a run out. Um. A one year Surridge, one of those two up front. Um, it just result wise, it just depends what team Tottenham bring because, like you say, they've mm. got a lot of injuries. Um, so are they going to bring the strongest team they can bring possibly? So will that be Kane mm. playing, or mm. will they just pick a striker from under twenty threes and give him a run out or something like that? Mm. Uh, is Troy? I know Troy Parrott's on loan, and he's still on Tottenham's books. Has he gone um, out on loan again? I don't know. I think, is he on loan at Millwall, maybe? I'm no, he's at Preston. He's at Preston. He's at Preston, is it? Yeah, then, um, and, and, and then Wonder Kid Dane Scarlett's at Portsmouth. Yeah, Portsmouth. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, it probably will be Kane, man. So the, yeah, so that, I'm not sure. The, the, it's a bit of a catch-22, I suppose, because I I hope they don't play Kane, because for one, you know, he's quality and could decide the time too. I don't want to see him get injured before the World Cup, because that yeah. would be a disaster um, for me. But obviously, for Tottenham's point of view, they're looking to win trophies. Now, Conte's brand of football has not been easy on the icon to their fans, so they'll be looking to win a trophy. So, is this a game what's quite important for them, possibly? When when I I'm spoke not... when I spoke to Flav from the, from the fighting cocker in the season, they were mm. like adamant that the League Cup is a trophy they couldn't care less about. They, if they, right. they said they said if they're going to win a tro- if they 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 don't even class it as a trophy. They're saying mm. FA Cup is a minimum as a trophy. Mm. <laughs> so but, that, that's that's the, that's a supporter's point of view. Though, mm, so. I just look at they they banged on for years about winning trophies, Spurs, and they're not going to win the Prem. They won't win the Champions League, and then the, they've just said the League Cups are relevant. So the only real chance we've got is the FA Cup, which is a knockout competition. Which if you have a bad day, you are so. Mm. Fair enough, but we'll see Wednesday night. We'll see. I mean, I think like Lucas Moore will probably play, won't he, for them? Um, yeah. Probably Oliver Skip. If you look at their bench today, um, I'm trying to think. They've got Liverpool, haven't they, at Arpers 4, Super Sunday. I think if you look at their bench today, the likes of Brian Gill, them type of players will probably play. Obviously, Spence will play, I'm sure. But um, If Jed Spence don't get a run out on Wednesday against those, just before he's that, coming, he's got a he may as well just get out of there. I think it's fair to say he's going to go out on loan in January. The the unfortunate thing is he, he probably could end up back in the Championship in January. I'm not sure if there's anybody in the Prem who would look at taking him, really. Would you, would you we'll guys see. take him if he, that option was available? Yeah, if, if we can get, if we can re, if we refund them their money, uh, and then they, if we put like a buyback clause in for like 40 mil, then yes. <laughs> I think uh, if I, it was go on, I'll mate. be honest I'll be honest I don't think I would I, I just think it'd be a waste of a loan I just think Aurier's mm. more than good enough I think to play we, can't right lo- we can't loan him can we we can only buy him uh, there you go I mean, is that true is I, sp- I suppose if you were going to buy him I suppose it'd be a little bit different because he is he would be a sound investment for the future but let's face it Tottenham aren't going to sell him are they? they're going to loan him out no. and yeah. it'll be an absolute travesty when he ends up at some shite like Reading or Preston <laughs> you and Reading and Preston the, 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 the lay of playing on the hands in the championship it is, it is a 
a shame because I'd have loved to have seen Spencer Forrest. But like you just said, Lee, I mean, I probably flip-flap my opinion a lot, but Aurier's come in and done well. So why would you really want to drop him out of the side? Um, you know, like, I think it'd be a sentimental style rather than any yeah, real thought process. Especially on loan. I think if you could, you know, get him for like a cut price fee on a permanent, which with Daniel Levy, I don't think you would. I think it is a bit pointless really now. Um mm alone isn't really going to help us out long term but then again on the flip you're looking short term at staying in this league could he help us I, I don't know but anyway but finally wrapping up for this pod um, it's you know the the game we are all bothered about is the last game before we break for the World Cup in Qatar um, you know we're not going to talk about that World Cup uh, but it's Crystal Palace at home you know I personally emphasise how big these two games was I think I said we needed a minimum of four out of six. So we've got the one. So in my opinion, it's probably must win against Palace, but they are a solid side. We've not played Palace for 10 years, which I couldn't believe because at one point we seemed to play more the time than a champion. But last time we did, ironically, a last-minute goal from Billy Sharp rescued us a point in another 2-2 draw. So, yeah, that's that is ironic. But um, Palace play later on today against West Ham at your Olympic Stadium, as Robin Chipperfield used to say. Um, they currently lie 11th in the Prem. Away from home, they've played five games on the road so far before today. You know, this we are recording it on Sunday, so by the time it does come out, probably they would have played. But they've failed to win on the road yet. They've um, got three draws and it's been two defeats. Um, them two defeats and one was at Man City, in which they went a lot before City come back um, and they've also failed to score in their last three away from home so before the West Ham game again so hopefully we aren't charity FC as Christian likes to say so I mean not sure if you're doing a preview pod for that Adam you are trying aren't you so um, yeah. we'll update that in due course but I mean I'm sure those who watch the Premier League or know the, the major threat of Wilfred Zaha um, down the left so it will be a test for Aurier on um, Saturday um, and the likes of Eze, etc. But can I have your predictions? I'll start with you, Adam. I mean, so it's Aurier against his uh, international teammate in Wilfred yes, Zaha yeah, as well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? But I mean, yeah. it's not just him you have to worry about, is it? I mean, Michael yeah. is obviously a talent and Eberichi yeah. Eze, who would have yeah. probably pushed for a Euro side if he hadn't got injured, mm. to be honest. They're, mm. they're all three very good players and, and Edouard is obviously a handful coming in from Celtic last season. So it's going to be a very, very tough game because they're, they're obviously quick and they're, they're doing well under Patrick Vieira, I think. But mm. it's another game where we have to kind of take it to him. I think if we can be physical with with, with Crystal Palace, I don't think they're the best at the back apart from Mark Gurhey in, 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 in complete respect to, to Palace. I don't look at their back four and go, wow, they've got a really good defender in there apart from I think, him, I think, but... and, I think Anderson's pretty decent centre-back, personally. Oh, Joaquim, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is shithouse Darwin Nunes, which I absolutely rate <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think they're a team we can definitely get out. Like, like similar to Brentford, if we can start on the front foot, we can get a positive result. We just need to start taking chances. And I think if we can put them to the sword earlier and, and, and like we should have done to Brentford... Then I I expect us to win, free, get three points, but it's it's massive pressure on the players. But this is what you get for playing in the Premier League. But I'm going to go with a positive, and say uh, we're going to take our chances. We're going to win three one. Okay, okay, Lee, what about you? Um, yeah, I I just don't know. Um, it depends which Forest turn up, doesn't it? I guess. Um, yeah, that's it. 
you would think after yesterday's disaster class, we'll get a top official. Uh, and that's usually the case. <laughs> I think that's how it works, is it? It, it? it wouldn't surprise me if we mm. saw Oliver. Michael or, Oliver, yeah. Um, I think we'll probably, Oliver's the we'll best by sent, mile. We'll probably get sent Craig Paulson or someone like I that. I think he's the best by a mile, Oliver. I mean, you only have yeah. to see that with the VAR decision. He stuck with his guns and he's... Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see Oliver or maybe Taylor come down for that one. So hopefully mm. we'll... Um, I think sometimes the beauty of... I don't think it ever levels itself out, but I think sometimes the beauty of if you've been on the wrong end of a couple of shockers, you tend to find that the week or two after you might get one back in your favour. So that mm. wouldn't surprise me either. So um, I'll be positive. I think there's going to be a game where something clicks and we do go two or three up. Um, mm. I'm not saying that'll be against Palace, but I think they're a good side. Uh, they've got very good players, very dangerous players. Um, but I think we'll win. I think um, I think it might be a game where we go two up. Um, and I think they will come back in the second half and we'll probably win 2-1, I think. Okay. And finally you, Rob. Uh, yeah, pretty much what the guys are saying. We've we've just got to be switched on when we've not got the ball because, like I say, with the pace that they've got with Zahar down the left and Eze is a handful, if we switch off and lose the ball, they'll just counter-attack on us and mm. pick us off at will. Um, the Brentford game yesterday, I thought, like I said, we played well and I think if we play like that with the ball against Palace, we've got enough to beat them. Mm. Um, it's just when we get these chances, we've got to take them. Um. Mm. Selection-wise, I don't know. It all depends what happens Wednesday, whether Cooper sticks with what he did yesterday or, you know, puts a one-knee back in or changes formation totally. Um, but I think if we stay switched on and concentrate enough, I think we can win 2-1. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, the first half yesterday is what you really wanted us to be on the front foot at home, looking, we were comfortable. And then, you know, a moment of madness, really, is just flipped the game on its head, which we, we just didn't, really need to do just giving away the ball away so stupidly and then you know Cook letting Visser run off him and it was such a bad goal that was I know I know the ref such centre stage but it was such such a poor bad build up from us to allow that to happen and it's just so frustrating you've literally they've not had a shot on target and you're going at our time 1-1 and you know naturally you're going to be a bit downbeat aren't you because you just pretty much controlled the first half so it's just about cutting out these stupid errors. I mean, the story as you see, of our season, isn't it? So yeah, far, I mean, just... but, you, but you look yesterday, we've said Brentford were poor, yet they've had two shots on target and scored twice. Yeah. And they put one really good move together, the second. I mean, you could argue the first as well, they've capitalised on our mistake and they've scored from it. You know, And that, and that is the, the sign of the quality at the seat. Even the side you think we're going to beat at home can produce moments of real quality. So... It's going to be it's going to be a tough game because you know Palace have got some really good players um, and it's a game we really need to win. I mean, it, I mean, I, I think I said a few podcasts ago how it'd be nice to come out of the bottom three, but to not go into the Christmas World Cup break bottom would I think would be a big boost for us. And so if we can win, that'd be brilliant. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a bit of a barnstormer game. I'm going to predict three two to Forest. Um, I, think I can see next Saturday being a very end-to-end game, personally, but um, we at shall we see. Can, at least we can abuse Will, Will Hughes as well. Uh, well, and Kuyate's back against his former club oh, as well. So yes, can he abuse pop, all, can he, all around. Um, can, he <laughs> pop, can he pop? I'm sure they'll he'll get a good reception from Palace fans. He was a bit of a stalwart for them, wasn't he? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's it for... Um, 
this episode of Red Side of the Trend. Unfortunately, not the win we all wanted, but at least we did manage to claw that point back right at the death. So hopefully we can get that win against Palace next Saturday before the break. And if we can progress in the Carabao Cup, also a bonus. But until next time, take care and come on, Forest. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.